Hi, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Today, we want to talk to you about the song Attaboy. That's right. For me, a, a theme that seems to echo through this, um, vague as though it may, may sound, is, is he's still, he, there's a lot of commonalities. In some sense, he's talked about this, a lot of this before, the traveling lifestyle, the, the kind of rambling nature of it is there in spirit, I, I want to say. But there's more of an emphasis, I think, on how he's interacting with his posse and the people around him, kind of the networks that he floats through. Um, in particular, the last, near the end of the song, he goes, uh, chocolate from the faucet, fish in the lava lamp, sofa on the ceiling, only come down for karate class. I'm in pajama bottoms, listening to Chaka Khan. Just, a, just an artist, by the way. I don't didn't notice anything in particular when I looked up who Chaka Khan was. Um, eating matcha pocky, knocking posses out the polygon. So he's still, he's still sort of in some ways simply illustrating in wonderful language his lifestyle, which is very much outside of the bounds of normal society. In that sense, there's nothing different here. Um, but that's not, but throughout the song, he seems to, there's like more of an image of the people around him and, and, um, and how they sort of interact in his space. There's somewhere else here, um, uh, nowhere to be found at the trust fall. Um, and another line, I'm just spewing out all my favorites here, but it touches on the same idea. Spot a coward in the commons, how he spot a common mouse at a half mile. And then he says last minute Mohawk, which seems to connect to the mouse idea. But um, the part that sticks with me, at least at the moment is spot a common coward or sorry, spot a coward in the commons. So he's interacting yeah. with people that are floating through his space. Yeah, go ahead. He, that, that's a great line. I mean, again, it, it ties into his immense pride and you can say arrogance um, when he compares himself to the average person. That So when he sees what he calls a coward, which I think is just someone living a normal life, maybe has a corporate job, like, you know, doesn't have much spiritual depth, you could say. The way that Aesop sees that person is the way that that person sees a common mouse. Like, and that's actually, I mean, it's very insulting. That's a vermin, <laughs> you know, but the, the difference between a human being and a mouse is massive. So that's the way he sees common people. And cowards, it's with specifically. His, cowards, perhaps, specifically. But his, his network, you know, like he's always talking about how I don't know if he thinks of himself as an alien, but alienated from people. I mean, it's a choice, but is it? it's not even a choice. He also says how he couldn't possibly live that way or seems to allude to the fact that he couldn't live a normal life with all its, well, with its specific set of sacrifices, mm -hmm. like primarily spiritual sacrifices. Yeah. Um, it, it's all like, where is this network of his? Who? Because he doesn't seem to have the social responsibility to treat people well you know he's so free perhaps that he would disdain any and all social conventions and yet he seems to have a network i mean from the netherworld mm, yeah see, there's a line in here i got a network in the netherworld i seldom reveal oh i love that line and the next line is it get a threat to get to stepping out my energy field i love that because he's you know Putting aside whether this is true, what he's claiming about himself is that he has something quite hellish 
where if he gets threatened, it'll step out of his energy field. Like that's quite a fucking claim, quite an image, right? To say like, I have hell at my back. Like, and if you, and if there's, if, if the threat comes, it will step out of my energy field, right? Because I think that's quite a clear, when you, when you, when you analyze those lines, I think it's quite arguable that they're, you know, they're paired, right? He has a network in the netherworld he seldom reveals and um, it gets, it takes a threat. He's saying it takes a threat for that network to step out of his energy field. Fucking, it's like a threat, you know? It, it reminds me of, I don't think it was from Aesop Rock, but there's this um, anarchist um, phrase or idea. It's like the rattlesnake, don't tread on me. It's not because the rattlesnake will survive. It's because it will bite, right? And there's this threat and it feels, I don't know. It just reminded me of that idea how he says those two lines or rather what those two lines imply. Well, he's been to hell. He's mm -hmm. been, he's been to hell and forth. Right. He's gone there. Or at least he's working and, on it. Or he's working on it certainly. Um, but I mean, in this song, I feel like he's really, it's towards the end that he's at least been working on it for a while. I mean, the, the song starts after the introduction by that woman about we're going to take you to the different levels of the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Ace, you know, kicks in. He says, I've been floating down the river Styx, skipper cap, sipping on what's missing from your mini fridge. Mm -hmm. So the river Styx, like a famous river in the underworld. And he's got his captain's cap and he's, he's drinking something that you can't buy. Like you can't buy and put it in your mini fridge as a traveler. You, I don't know what it is, but he has access to it and he's just sipping on it casually. Yeah. Um, what's missing from your mini fridge that, you know, that I like that a lot, and, but an alternative, um, interpretation could be like what he stole from that right that could be an interpretation i'm sipping on what you look at is oh, where'd my fucking soda go he's sipping on that right like that could be an interpretation oh, as well yeah. i like yours <laughs> yours is more grand certainly mm. there, there's another line i mean just how i he says i'm meat into the venus fly ears back and hackles up and mm -hmm. i love the imagery often like i imagine him in a venus fly trap closing in on him his ears are back kind of like a dog's i don't know exactly what that means but it sounds like it's he's ready to fight perhaps yeah. and his hackles are up so he's got chains around his arms and he's like what does that well, mean for a dog hackles up means the this the fur on the back of their neck is standing up hackles up Oh, I'm uh, I, I might be okay. right, right, and I might be a little wrong on the technicality there, but it's a particular body language for dogs. Ears back, hackles up. Right. Yeah, yeah I love it. Like he's ready to fight in this Venus flytrap, and of course, if you think about a Venus flytrap, it's <laughs> can really only catch flies. Not much else that uh, even a large Venus flytrap could actually keep, especially like a like a dog-like creature. Like, what an image! Because he's he's going to the Venus flytrap. Literally, it's a trap, right? But the image he paints is like, well, he, he's going to be the victor. Ears back, hackles up in a fly trap. I mean, maybe if a fly trap is very big, I don't know. Seems like the wolf is going to win that fight, though. Yeah, well, he talks himself as meat into the foot. But yeah, again, it's, mm. it's another allusion to going to hell, but actually fighting your way through it and then like going into mm. the hellish situation. And I mean, that's his power. He's gone through. He's constantly doing all this horrible stuff. I mean, he not horrible. I mean, he talks about later about bathing in an open ocean and shaving in mobile stations. Like, <laughs> right. I can't imagine. I mean, I can imagine it, but shaving in a uh, gas station, gas right? station bathroom. It's yeah. so gritty. It's so you're so without resources to even think about shaving is odd. You're still yeah. keeping up your appearances. Yeah. He, he really, um, 
is masterful at mixing or, or smashing together the juxtaposition um, of, in this example, bathing in the open ocean. Like, how romantic is that? Fuck, that's, it's also gritty. But then shaving in mobile stations, it's like, it's a whole different gritty. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of a line that I, he says something about, I, yeah, I drink the tap water, but he says it like, yeah, I drink the tap water. Like, shit's healthy. <laughs> and it reminds me of that same side of him that always, often comes out. You know, he's, he's from New York and he really, what's the word? He not exemplifies, he really um, valorizes to some degree a comfort with the gritty city life, tap water, mobile stations. And then, so then, yeah, to then to juxtapose that, especially in this album, he juxtaposes it a lot more with a life that few could argue is not beautiful. He has that song. I think the last one uh, or the one before that, it was the one before last, he talked about scrubbing um, yellow off an elephant's trunks or an elephant's tusks rather. Shit is better than drugs. Like, oh, I, I love that juxtaposition. He does that sort of move all the time. And it's a lovely image. And there's often a gratitude packaged with it. That's that, especially again, especially in this album. But it's not like a hippie sort of peace and love. He talks about the dark side of his nature and of the journey itself. So that's like a distinct type of philosophy. And I know I'm sure that people that like um, ride train cars and have dreadlocks and have otherwise like rejected modernity also can deal with the, the their shadow and whatnot. But he talks about it so much more explicitly than I see that hippie culture talk about it. Yeah, there's two words that you said I'd love to tie back. One, you talked about the the shadow. Somebody talks about, uh, he talks about the shadow at some point here. And now I can't find it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's after that line about the Venus flytrap. He says, shifting with the shadow play. And he says, I show him how to rabbit, rabbit hunt, which I don't really understand that second part, but. Yeah, he seems to, I mean, there's this idea of the union shadow. I don't think I've ever heard him actually explicitly say Jung's name, but the way he talks and writes about darkness, the way he almost insatiably grapples with it really seems resonant with the idea of the Jungian shadow. And I wanted to say earlier, you know, part of why I like this song is it kind of carries the celebratory carefree tone that was also in that, um, the song about the elephant and the trunks. Well, that included the elephant and the trunks anyway. Um, especially in that line I read near the beginning about um, eating machapaki, knocking posses out the polygon. The, the music there also adds to this, like he's really, he seems quite happy. When I hear that line and I hear the music behind, it's like, this guy's like rejoicing. And, and again, that seems new in this album. And it's such a wonderful thing to hear Aesop in particular write about. There's a type of salvation, absolutely. There's one line later on that says, eyes closed, ear to the road salt, all I hear is Mozart. Mm. So this is man. And road salt, I, th I think in this song, he's in a cold place. There's a few things that make me think that, but that line in particular, because road salt is common where there's ice filled up, you salt the road so that it has a lower um, freezing point. Yeah. And so this is a guy in the winter putting his... He's closing his eyes, putting his ear to the road, and he hears some of the most beautiful music you can mm -hmm. hear listening mm -hmm. to the earth, presumably. But not even the earth, not the ground, like literally right. a road with salt on it. So it's that gritty mixture with the poetic yeah. natural beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
beautiful song. All right, next we got Kodo Kushi. This is one of my favorites. I'm, I'm super excited to dig into it. <laughs> 